No pain, no gain, right? I mean, is that statement actually true? And does getting sore after a workout mean you really did something effective? What if you don't get sore? Was that workout a waste? Well, in this episode, we're going to debunk a couple myths about muscle soreness and talk all about some practical tips to help you manage your soreness better. If you've ever wondered what makes your muscles so sore after a workout, you know, that pain and stiffness you get when you get up from the couch or walk down the stairs after a tough workout, and then you want to know the best ways to deal with it, well, you're going to love this one. Let's do it. Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friends, welcome back to the Strong Mamas Podcast. It's so good to have you back with us this week, and I am back with my husband and co-host, I usually say that the other way around, co-host and husband extraordinaire. That's what I usually say. I'm off. I'm off my game today. Gosh, already starting off. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Well, today we're talking all about soreness, muscle soreness, and there's this standing joke with some of my clients, it's kind of funny that the first few days after beginning their training program, I asked them if they've tried the toilet test. (laughs) And I know that sounds crass, but you immediately appreciate the full extent of muscular work required to sit on a toilet when your legs feel shot. (laughs) The stairs test is a good one too. I'm sure you've failed many a stair test and toilet test. (laughs) in your day. I hate to start out a podcast by saying I failed the toilet test. (laughs) But yes, it's true. I mean, in fact, okay, so about a month ago, I got a hankering for challenging myself with pistol squats. And if you don't know what a pistol squat is, it's basically like a one-legged squat. And a great way to practice these is kind of up on a ledge or up on a box that allows your free leg to just kind of hang straight down and it keeps it out of the way. But anyway, I wanted to see if I could do full depth pistol squats, the full depth, you know, where you try to squat all the way down and basically sit on the back of your ankle and then come all the way back up while holding a 20 pound dumbbell. So I designed that into a routine along with single leg deadlifts, where Scott can probably relate to those. And I really tried to push myself. And after one of those workouts, my quads were so sore and even my hammies were feeling it quite a bit too and I found myself groaning to sit down and making noises while walking upstairs and walking downstairs and I know this isn't just me Scott you this happens to you a lot too I'm laughing because as an almost 40 year old man (laughs) I involuntarily groan while standing up or sitting down all the time and I catch myself and I'm like what was that for the groaning it it's it's a little ridiculous but it gets even extra when you're sore right and I know I create programs for you all the time Scott that makes you're like what did you do to me <laughs> I know every time I'm doing single leg deadlifts yeah I know while I'm doing them that 
I'm going to fail the toilet test the next day. Like, I know I'm just going to be mad that I didn't the it's day before. It's coming. It's coming. And I mean, we have a good little, we have a laugh about all of this, but there's something going on here. What is the deal with soreness? So on today's episode, I really want to help you answer kind of these big questions swirling around muscle soreness. So the questions you might have are, why am I sore? Because I did a Megan workout. (laughs) Because I did a Megan workout. But really, like what's going on to make you sore? What can I do to prevent soreness and and maybe help relieve it when I do feel sore? So what can I do about it? And then is there anything that I shouldn't do? Like, is there something that I should be avoiding? So as we go through this, we're also going to debunk a couple myths about muscle soreness along the way as well. So that's going to be really important. So muscle soreness seems to go hand in hand with exercise and physical activity. (laughs) Most people just kind of expect to feel some sort of pain following a good workout session. And I think some people even avoid exercise altogether because they don't want to have to feel sore. They, They don't like that feeling of pain. And so they'd kind of rather not work out at all. However, few people actually know what soreness really is, what it's caused by, and how to avoid it. So prepare to be enlightened a little bit. So why do you feel sore? So there's three main reasons why you feel sore. The first reason is is actually micro tears. And you've probably heard this before, but yeah, there's actual tissue damage that happens to your muscle fibers because of the load that you place on them. So you actually damage them. And it's in the repairing process that your muscles get a lot stronger, but that damage occurs and that can be painful. The other cause of muscle soreness is actually inflammation. So your body will create an inflammatory response because of all that damage. So you've got some swelling in there that's pressing on your pain receptors because anytime there's trauma or damage or stress, your body's going to react with an inflammatory response. And then we've got something called just basic nutrient depletion. And this is not as directly related to soreness, but a tough workout will also severely deplete your muscle of nutrients, making them feel empty and weak. So not necessarily that pain that you feel, but that just lack of energy and lethargy that you feel after a workout. So those are kind of the three main causes of that feeling of muscle soreness. Now we've got something called DOMS, and Scott, you and I joke about this a lot. (laughs) What is DOMS? And and no, it's not Dom from Fast and the Furious. (laughs) It's, I think that it's delayed onset muscle soreness. I know for me what it is, is I'm what I like to refer to as the third dayer. Oh, yeah. Because I work out, then the next day I usually feel okay, but that third day... Mm-hmm. I'll remember what I did two days ago. Right. So you get a really big delay after your workout. Yeah. So DOMS is, yep, it stands for delayed onset muscle soreness. And so must, most of the muscle soreness that you feel following a workout is most likely this. It's this delayed onset muscle soreness. And you may have heard of this term And it's basically a combination of those micro tears and that inflammation that I just mentioned. 
So you'll experience DOMS as pain and inflammation in the muscles. You'll also experience it as a decreased range of motion, which is just a fancy way of saying you feel tight and just stiff. And then also a decreased strength of those affected muscles. So if you try to go, you know, step up on something and your quads are shot, you're like, oh man, I feel like I can't make that action happen. And that's where the groaning comes in. And that's the groaning. Or like you have to sit down in a chair, sit on the toilet. (laughs) That is the groaning. So basically all the things that contribute to your muscles feeling like lead, right? And this delayed onset muscle soreness, it can be felt within eight to 12 hours following a workout and may last like 24 to 72 hours later. So Scott, you're experiencing a really big delay, but that that soreness is lasting for a couple days after that workout. And in fact, depending on the workout, sometimes complete recovery from that soreness may sometimes take up to three weeks if you're not doing anything to try to recover from it. That's a long time. (laughs) It's longer than I want to be sore. Yeah, very delayed. Yeah. So you're most likely to get this type of muscle soreness. And this is the type of soreness we're all usually feeling with what's called eccentric muscle contraction. So this is, and I know this is a big, Scott's laughing. He's like, what are you talking about? No, I'm just thinking that all my muscle contractions seem eccentric. Oh, you're so eccentric. <laughs> they look a little goofy. They're kind of all over They're the place. They're bohemian and creative. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, technically eccentric muscle contractions are like the type of contractions where you're breaking or decelerating. So picture like running downhill or walking downstairs or maybe lowering a weight. So if you're doing like a single leg deadlift, this is that hinging over part of the movement where you bend over and then when you stand back up, That is the concentric part of that contraction. So it's the lowering part of a movement that usually will make you more sore than anything else. And then the other thing that is going to create a lot of this DOMS or the delayed onset muscle soreness is exercises that are new to you or maybe you haven't done in a while. So maybe one month you were working on an exercise like for me, maybe that pistol squat. You get really good at it and it's no longer making you sore. Then you take a break from that exercise for like maybe three or four months and you come back to it. You might feel strong at it still, but you suddenly are really sore with that exercise again. So it could be totally new to you or maybe just new to you for a little while. It's been a while since you've done it. And this kind of brings us to our first myth about muscle soreness. So Scott, what is myth number one that we hear a lot about muscle soreness? The first myth is that you are sore because of lactic acid. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this one before. Yeah, I've probably used this excuse before. Yeah, but this is actually false for the most part. So muscle and blood lactate or lactic acid, this is kind of a byproduct of of working your muscles really, really hard. And it, it makes that burn feeling in your muscles. This acid, it actually returns to normal levels 30 to 60 minutes after a workout or after that exercise. 
And then if light activity is performed, can it help you recover from that exercise? That lactic acid is removed even quicker than that. So if you feel a burning sensation while you're performing an exercise, then it's probably from lactic acid. But if you're sore 8 to 12 or 24 hours following the workout, then lactic acid is not to blame. It's already gone. And that actually brings us to our second most common myth about soreness, which is, Scott? If you're not sore after a workout, then the workout didn't do anything or it's not working anymore. This is a big myth we we hear a lot, or maybe even we've felt. Um, and it's simply, it's it's just not true because there are definite ways to strategically reduce muscle soreness. And we're gonna talk about those in a moment, but I know that this can be really mentally challenging for a lot of people because we use soreness almost as confirmation that we did enough or that it was a good workout. We kind of have this mantra, you know, the no pain, no gain, right? (laughs) Like if you walk away from a workout and you're not sore the next day, well, shoot, maybe it didn't, do anything we start to question what we did right i think so (laughs) the problem is i'm always sore after workout so uh i I haven't had to play that game in my head like i have no idea what you're talking about i'm always sore what's it like to work out and not be sore (laughs) but one of the biggest reasons you'll get sore is just from that first initial exposure to an exercise Or maybe you did that exercise in a deeper range of motion this time than you normally did. Like my pistol squats, I worked on going crazy deep and that's what made you sore. But over the next few weeks, if you continue to work on that same exercise, you're going to build on that and keep challenging that. And something that made you sore on week one, even though that might have felt easy on week one, like maybe you only did like five reps of it and you're like, ah. I didn't add weight to it, just five reps. Maybe that made you really sore on week one. But by week four, it's not making you sore anymore, even though the weight level or the sets and the reps that you're doing is so much harder. So if you're following a really well-designed progressive workout plan, you just might not get sore as much. But that does not mean the workout is ineffective. Everybody is different because soreness is a result of many variables, chemical, mechanical, and soreness is going to be experienced so differently from one person to the next. So chronic soreness can certainly be a predictor of overtraining. Like, okay, if your workouts are always, always, always making you sore, like really sore, that's an issue. But most people should not judge the effectiveness of their training program by whether they're sore or not. Because you could be sore on week one, not sore on week four, but you're following a good progressive plan and it just is what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So don't use it as an indicator of the success of your workout. Yep. Absolutely. So the next big question, now we know why we feel soreness and what's causing that. What can you do to prevent it? And then maybe how can you relieve it when you do get sore? So let's talk about the prevention piece first. Like what are ways that you can prevent excessive soreness? Because I know a lot of people are really nervous. They they go in, they, they know they want to begin a workout plan and start working out again, maybe li- with lifting weights or doing some sort of strength training. And they're like, I'm just afraid that it's going to make me really sore. So are there ways that you can prevent any excessive soreness. 
Yes. <laughs> One big way, the first big way is performing a thorough dynamic warm up. And this has actually been shown to significantly reduce soreness. It's basically, you're going to get your muscles firing and your tissues warmed up, just increasing the temperature of your muscle tissues before jumping straight into the tough stuff. And it really does make a difference. And if you've trained with me for any amount of time, you know the dynamic warm-up. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> it is. And if you're doing a Megan Dahlman warm-up, you will often find yourself going, uh, when did the warm-up end and the exercise actually start? Because I feel like I'm doing some exercise already. Yeah, because it's very thorough. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yeah, in the beginning, that dynamic warm-up can be like, whoa, this is movements I've never I've never actually done before, and this is starting to feel like a workout in itself. But pretty soon, that dynamic warm-up really is pivotal to not only the rest of your workout feeling great, but helping your body be prepared enough so that you're not as likely to get sore. So that's a, a big piece that you can do to reduce your risk of getting really, really sore. Another thing that you can do to prevent excessive soreness is just making sure that you're gradually allowing your muscles to adapt and building up to more challenging stuff. So rather than jumping straight into something that's really hard, I have a lot of friends that will show up to a workout class and jump, just jump straight into something hard, like an Orange Theory class or something difficult like that, especially if it's got weightlifting. And they will have never done that particular workout before. And they push themselves, right? Especially in an environment like that, because it's highly motivating. The lights are a certain color. There's a lot of pumped up music and everybody's going at a certain pace and everybody's pushing each other. And you did nothing to build, to gradually build up to that level of a workout. You're just jumping in and going hard. You're going to be really sore from that. And I think it's really tempting to do when you haven't worked out in a while. Yeah. And you're yeah. coming back to it and you almost kind of want to make up for lost time mm -hmm. or want to pick up exactly where you left off when you had been training a lot. And so I think that it's easy to want to go 100% the very first time out to show that you're back into it. And in the end, it's actually counterproductive because you're probably going to make yourself so sore you're not going to be able to make the second workout that week. That's exactly it. And that's what I hear from people a lot. They're like, gosh, I can't get that second one in because I'm always so sore from the first one and I get so discouraged and never want to go back or it takes me a couple of weeks to just recover and then I have to go and then I'm ready to go back and it happens all over again. So try to get in the mind frame of, okay, don't go all in. Just take baby steps forward, gradually easing in. And then even when you are consistently training, don't be maxing out every single time. There's a reason I design my programs with a progression. We start with week one where it's really easy and then we gradually build up to week four. It's just going to prevent your body from getting so overloaded and you ending up feeling crazy sore. Enjoy your week one workouts. Enjoy those week ones. <laughs> They're delightful. Oh, yeah. Another thing that's going to help prevent a lot of extra soreness is just performing some really good recovery work following a workout session. 
I can't tell you how many people I've trained over the years that finish their workout and they just walk away. Like they'll totally skip the cool down. They won't even think about it. And or they just stay sedentary the rest of the time. The only time they're actually moving their body is during the workout itself. And they're really, really, really sore. It's like you got to move your body. You have to intentionally recover it well and then continue moving it later to prevent a lot of soreness. So there's a few things that you can try to do following your workout that's going to really help reduce your risk of getting sore. Doing kind of a what I like to call a dynamic warm down. So we do in the beginning of a workout a warm up, kind of dynamically moving your body through functional motions. You can kind of do the opposite of that and warm yourself down. Go through some of those same movements. They don't have any weights to them. They're, they're moving you through a full range of motion. They're pretty light, just a couple reps of each thing. And doing that slow warm down is going to really help recover your body well or start that recovery process. Another thing you can do is foam rolling. And foam rolling is this form of myofascial release, basically another fancy word for like massage. You're basically rubbing out the muscles and the fascia and all those connective tissues and you have that pressure in there like a massage and it can do great things for helping your body recover following a workout and and potentially um, reducing the amount of soreness you feel later. And I often call the foam roller jokingly my frenemy. Yeah. Because there's a lot of times at the end of a workout, the last thing I want to do is hop on that foam roller and be reminded of all the spots that are sore or -hmm. not feeling very good. But it always pays off in the long run when you do it. Oh, yeah. If you skip it at the end of your workout, you'll know later. You'll just feel even even tighter, a little stiffer and a little more sore than you might normally. So sometimes that foam roller, when you first try it and we might do an entire episode all about foam rolling i think that would be worth it we We really should um sometimes that very first time trying the foam roller it can be pretty painful in itself but once your tissues get used to it it is oh it's magical it really is so foam rolling is a big big piece of recovery work so it's just basic stretching you know not necessarily dynamic stretching but just sitting and stretching your hamstrings, sitting and stretching your hip flexors, you know, kind of all those spots that tend to get tight. And then beyond that, just continued active recovery work once you get away from the workout itself. So maybe later in the day, go for a walk or stretch before you go to bed. Or if it's a day off from workouts, do that intentional walk, hop on that foam roller again, just kind of stay in motion, stay active. And that's really going to help prevent a lot of soreness. And I think a key to this is seeing both the warm up and then whatever your cool down things are as part of your workout. Yeah. Because I know it's easy for me, especially when I'm trying to squeeze something in between the other demands on my day. Mm-hmm. It's easy to be like, well, I can just cut that part out because I did my workout. That's the important part. That's the part. important part. But when I think of it all as this is all part of my workout, it makes it a little easier to be like, well, I can't skip out early on my workout. That's part of what I need to do. There's something I tell myself when I'm tempted to do that too. You know, if I'm in a rush or I'm just not in the mood to, you know, cross every T and dot every I is I just say, be thorough, like just be thorough, do all the things, even though you feel like you just kind of want to move on with your day. But if you can be thorough and do all the things, 
you're going to walk away from that workout and be so much more, you're just going to feel so much better and know that you did everything your body needed to feel its very best. So don't cut any corners, especially that warm up and cool down. Another piece of prevention, soreness prevention, and this gets overlooked a lot. This It's having good nutrition and hydrating well, especially on really hard workout days. Sometimes we think like, well, I worked out really, really hard today, so that's almost like my hall pass to not eat very well. <laughs> you know, it, it gives us that like free reign to eat what we want. But actually, if your body does not have the raw materials it needs and sufficient hydration it needs, it's going to have a lot harder time trying to recover from that workout and repairing those muscles. So good nutrition really matters. And then another piece of prevention is sleep. Sleep, okay? So the majority of tissue healing happens while you're sleeping. A really important hormone called HGH or human growth hormone, it happen it's produced the most while you're sleeping and this is really really critical for muscle repair and so if you don't want to be as sore as you might normally feel make sure you're getting good sleep because your body's going to repair itself better and more effect effectively if you're getting good sleep hey friend i wanted to just cut in here real quick to check on you to see if you've been struggling with your body, maybe in the same ways that I have in the past. Are you struggling to come to grips with the way God designed you? Or maybe you're just confused as to how he designed you. Or are you struggling with dialing in your workouts? You've been spending years maybe trying to run, but it's such a fight because your body was never designed to excel at running. Or maybe you've been wondering why on earth you can't build any muscle mass or how. Perhaps you've been even been struggling with your nutrition and eating habits. You've got a friend that feels really great when she cuts out all her carbs, but you feel miserable and feel like you have zero energy. Or vice versa, you can't even look at a carb without feeling like you put on five pounds. Here's the thing. God designed you with a unique body type or somatotype that determines the way your metabolism works, the type of exercises that suit you best, and even the types of foods that jive with your body best. And until you know how God designed you, you'll be left wondering what's going on and why your efforts aren't working. So I want to invite you to come take a free quiz that I put together that will help you find out your unique body type, your design. It's totally free and only takes a few minutes, but the knowledge and clarity that you walk away with are amazing. So head on over to bodytype.io. That's bodytype.io to take the quiz. I can't wait for you to see what you are. All right, finally, one of the best ways to reduce the amount of time you spend being sore, another ounce of prevention, <laughs> and this is going to sound funny, but is to just get yourself in better shape. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Seriously, if you are consistently working out and keeping your body healthy and well-conditioned, the likelihood that you'll be crazy sore, it goes way down. I mean, think about it. When you just show up and do one workout, and then you don't do another workout for like another 10 days, and then you don't do a workout again for another two weeks, your body has barely any time to build and improve and get in better shape. So basically every time you show up to your workout, your body thinks it's its absolute first time. And that first time working out is always the one that you'll be the most sore with. <laughs> 
So if all of your workouts are your absolute first workout, (laughs) you are going to be constantly suffering from soreness. So if you're sick of being sore, work on getting more consistent with your workouts and try to get in better shape. All right. So that's all about preventing muscle soreness. But what happens when you actually are sore? Let's say you did all those things, but for whatever reason that workout really pushed you or it was the first exposure to a certain set of exercises and now you feel really sore. What should you do about it? What's your first go-to when you're feeling really sore, when you're groaning and moaning and cursing me for those single leg deadlifts? What (laughs) What do you normally do? I would say I've gotten to the point now where I either do some stretching type yoga, some lighter yoga, mm-hmm. or foam roll. Yeah. You'll hear me say all the time, man, I got a foam roll today. Like I wasn't planning yeah. on doing a workout. It was kind of an off day for me, but it's, man, I got to do something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So there's different kind of levels of soreness. We've got on one hand, very, very extreme soreness, like intense muscle damage. This would be like the type of soreness you feel following like a marathon. (laughs) I remember the very first marathon that I ran, um, my hip flexors were so sore that to just lay flat on the bed was excruciating. And and that was just one piece of my body that, that that was that intensely sore. So in that scenario, there was so much muscle damage that occurs that doing a bunch of stuff would probably not be helpful. Rest in that scenario is the best thing. So if your pain is pretty extreme, take an anti-inflammatory because that's what you're experiencing. You've got a lot of inflammation going on. So something like ibuprofen um, and even icing the area can be very, very helpful. All that extra inflammation, inflammation is good, Some inflammation is good in a damaged situation. It will help your tissues heal, but sometimes it can turn really excessive and that excessive inflammation that's causing a lot of that pain, that's what you want to manage. So ibuprofen, icing, and taking a few days off from your workouts so that your body can heal, your muscles can heal is really important. But that is like extreme. That's extreme muscle soreness, like muscle soreness you would get after a marathon. Most people are not experiencing that kind of soreness. Just your everyday average muscle soreness, like what you experience after Romanian deadlifts, like what I experienced after those pistol squats. The best thing you can do is active recovery. Okay. So this is what you're talking about, Scott, that yoga, like that light movement. So this is anything that's light, like there's no load to it. Um, Anything that moves your body through full, gentle ranges of motion, um, like the yoga. Um, In my coaching program, I have Workout D. Everybody knows Workout D is like this delightful, really quick, just stretching session. Um, it feels so good. And then another thing that you could do is just the dynamic warm up too. So light, full ranges of motion, functional movements. That's one of the best things you can do to encourage your muscles to heal and recover from that soreness. Another great thing, which I don't think anybody is going to do <laughs> that's listening, <laughs> is actually doing an ice bath. (laughs) There's a reason that professional athletes have dunk tanks, like the ice bath tanks. 
um, it works. <laughs> Another thing that works is actually e-stim. So um, that electrical stimulation, because but what both of those things do, they cause this like uh, blood vessel contraction and dilation. And it's that like muscle pump that you get that actually encourages your muscles to heal faster. So doing an ice bath um, and e-stim is a really great way to help your muscles heal. Um, compression and massage are other things that you can do. So if you have compression socks or compression pants, um, most people don't, and that's okay. It's if you happen to have access to that, it might be helpful, but you don't need it to um, relieve soreness. But getting a, a gentle massage can be helpful too. And then along those same lines, that foam rolling and doing some stretching. Um, Honestly, though, which is super fascinating to me, science has shown, a bunch of studies lately have shown that foam rolling and stretching, like just doing static stretching when you're sore, there's no real proof that it improves muscle soreness or speeds up muscle soreness recovery. They seem to think that it's actually just a perceived benefit. And that you're just feeling like it's helping. And my take on that is like, okay, even if it's just perceived, even if I just think it's helping, isn't that good? And given that, isn't that helpful still? Even if it's just a placebo effect, it's still an effect. Yeah, totally. It's still, it's absolutely an effect. Um, And then probably the biggest thing that you can do if you are feeling, if your body is just really, really sore, you need to get that sleep. So if you had a really tough workout yesterday, today, whatever it might be, and your body is just, you're feeling it. You're struggling, you're groaning when you're sitting up, standing up. You need to get a little extra sleep. Even if you just go to bed half an hour earlier than normal, that extra exposure to that human growth hormone could be the ticket to healing from that soreness a little faster. So finally, is there anything that you shouldn't do? I actually get asked this a lot. Like if I'm really sore, is there anything I shouldn't be doing? (laughs) So I would say the biggest thing, and this is kind of funny, the biggest thing you should not do when you're feeling sore is to succumb to that stiffness and walk around and move around like a crotchety person (laughs) for days. I feel attacked right now. <laughs> but I I have that temptation too. You know, like your your body just like feels like it's in pain and you just kind of don't want to straighten out and you want to just like sit and not just move. Just waddle around. And... Yeah, but the problem with that is that it just makes that soreness last a little longer because you're not moving your body through the full ranges of motion. So don't do that. Don't just sit and stiffen up. So instead, you should just gently force your joints to go through those normal ranges of motion, okay? Another thing that you shouldn't do when you feel sore is to wait for that soreness to disappear to do another workout. This is what a lot of people will do. They'll do that first workout, and like we mentioned earlier, they get really sore from it. And they're like, well, I guess I probably shouldn't work out again until all this soreness is gone, Because they're kind of afraid that they'll hurt themselves, right? Like, if I'm this sore, won't it actually hurt my body? Yeah, I don't want to do more damage. I don't want to do more damage, so I'm kind of afraid to go do a workout again. But 
honestly, getting your muscles moving again is the absolute best thing that you could do. And if your soreness is moderate and kind of that pretty normal soreness we're talking about, doing another workout is, it's not going to hurt you. In fact, it will probably help. And I've said it a lot to people like, hey, I bet if you do another workout, don't push yourself hard, like don't max out, but do another workout. Chances are you're going to walk away from that workout feeling so much better and less sore than when you started. Okay. Another thing that you shouldn't do when you're feeling sore is to actually go on the other end of the spectrum and do a really intense workout (laughs) where you're maxing out with those exact same muscles that are feeling sore. So keep in mind that your tissues, they are healing and you don't want to push them so hard that your body can't keep up with the healing process and you actually risk overtraining. So there's kind of that happy medium of, yeah, doing another workout could be really beneficial, but let's not punish those same muscles and like load them up really, really hard again. That's probably not helpful. Another thing that you shouldn't do when you're feeling really sore, once again, is staying up really late and not sleeping. I'm feeling a lot of permission to sleep in this podcast. There's I like a, that. Oh my goodness. If there's anything you take out of this, it's that sleeping is so, so important for your body's ability to repair and recover well from workouts. So if you're sore from that workout, don't stay up late. Don't binge Netflix and abandon your good sleep habits because it'll take you so much longer to recover. And then along those same lines, Don't ignore your nutrition. If you're eating bad, if you're eating poorly and eating junk food and and low quality nutrients, it's going to take a lot more effort and a lot longer for your body to repair from that muscle soreness. So those are all the things that you shouldn't do when you feel sore. So just to kind of wrap things up, not long ago, I actually heard from one of the one of the moms that I coach. Her name's Julie, and she was just commenting on how her soreness is now so different from what she's experienced in the past with other workout programs that she's tried. And she still will get a little bit sore here and there, especially at the beginning of a new routine, like that week one, but it's not debilitating anymore. And she's got really great tools now to manage it better. She's doing those dynamic warm-ups. She's doing that full thorough cool down. She's eating so much better. She's moving her body in between the workouts. All those things that really play a role. Plus, it's just, she mentioned to me that it's just so refreshing to not be chasing soreness, to not have that mindset of like the no pain, no gain. And she says it's just so good to follow a progressive plan and to trust the process and not to rely on soreness to qualify her workouts. So the big idea here for you is that the next time you do a workout and end up failing that toilet test (laughs) or the stairs test, you, you now know why, okay? And you'll know what to do about it. So your big action steps now are to stay consistent with your exercise. Don't take a bunch of time off or you, you probably will pay for it with a little bit of extra soreness later. And just be sure that you're following a progressive plan, not one that makes you max out from day one. Another thing is to be thorough. Be thorough with your workout, right, Scott? Thorough. Thorough. Warm up. Cool down. Build in that extra 10 minutes, whatever you need to do a full dynamic warm up, to do a thorough cool down, and to get that recovery work going. 
And keep in mind that you can still work out if you're sore. And in fact, it will probably help. Just take it slow, be intentional, and remember that your level of soreness is not a good indicator for how effective a workout is. Just follow a good progressive plan and trust the process. Some days you might be sore, some days you might not, but it doesn't mean the workout's working or not working, okay? All right, friends, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Strong Mamas podcast. We're going to see you back here again next week. And as always, be strong. Hey, hey, have you been loving the Strong Mamas podcast? Has this show impacted your life in some way? Maybe you are looking at your nutrition or your workouts differently now, or maybe you're starting to feel true freedom in your thoughts about your body. Just recently, someone left a review about the show and she said, the Strong Mamas podcast always leaves me inspired and energized to learn more about who God wants me to be. I'm now stepping out of my comfort zone and trying new things, learning who I am and what my body is capable of. All right, do you feel similar? Well, if so, I would truly love to know. If you haven't yet, head on over to iTunes and leave a review telling me what you think and how this podcast has been blessing you. And you can even go one step further and share the show with a friend. Let's see how many strong mamas we can bless.